This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. And coming to you from a Beautiful day in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, some of you know that we moved from Colorado Springs the summer of last year, and I had a friend who <clears throat> still lives there, and he told me it was 14 below zero uh, recently, and pipes were freezing, and and uh, this week we've had this 78-degree weather, just amazing here, and I, I don't miss winters. <laughs> so um, thanks for joining us. And in, in a day in our life, in a ministry that is basically on the front lines where we're helping people with, who are bondage to porn addiction or other forms of sexual sin or adultery, promiscuity, or whatever it is, we get a lot of emails, and quite a few of those are, I don't even want to read them. Some of them are so filthy and disgusting, it's... Um, <laughs> it's not worth repeating. And part of that is where we are and the spiritual battle that we're in and, and being on the front lines because whenever you have people who are in bondage to a sin, to some, to some level, the enemy has some form of a grip on them. I don't mean they're, you know, it's a full-blown, just dying stronghold, although, although sometimes, you know, that can be there. But really whether they're in bondage to their flesh, their self, or to the influence of the enemy, they're in bondage. So what we're really doing is when we're helping people break free from this stuff is in some levels stepping into enemy territory and then um, being a part of God's work to set captives free as he talked about in Isaiah 61. And and so, yeah, every day we're getting emails that are um, inflammatory and garbage and cursing us and that type of stuff. But there's also emails we get, like the one I'm going to read to you now. I just We just got it in today, actually, and she writes, I appreciate all that y'all do. So I'm guessing she's from the South somewhere. <laughs> Your website at Blazing Grace is one of the bravest, most powerful things I've ever seen made regarding struggles with fleshly gratification. I'm using it to apply also to overeating the things that you have shared, and the principles you have taught. Thank you for just following God and hearing his heart toward we who struggle with things not every church or Bible study group will discuss, or that we are too ashamed to discuss with others. Thank you for being a reflecting light of the power and love of Christ and his grace to help us overcome. And, and there is power uh, in what we are offering because it's not a, a program Although there are steps that have to be taken, what we really do, the heart of everything we do 
is moving people into an intimate relationship with Jesus. And when you find that, um, that really changes your life. It changes your world. And it's easy, you know, a lot of believers that we encounter that come to us for help have a lot of Bible knowledge and they know they know the verses, but inside their heart is empty and cold and and their life is more often than not a train wreck. So when we can, weren't able to walk them through the steps they need to take to break free, some of that, I mean, it always includes getting connected with another brother and sister. That That's a non-negotiable, but as we're able to walk them through looking at the, the issues in their heart that are blocking them from receiving the love of God and all that comes with that, it, it's wonderful to see God work in that way. So thank you for being a part of, of what we do. And today I want to get into what... Basically, I'm going to move my way towards just a couple simple steps that we can take as a church for revival. And I want to begin by looking at what kind of answers are we hearing these days to the mess we're in. And I'm sure or I would think you would agree with me that there's a lot of darkness that is spread, um, not just over the U.S., but in other countries as well. And the occult has taken a grip, and there's a lot of people in bondage in the church. And as we see uh, in, in the ministry, we see the real church in the hood, and we know how dark and how evil it can be. And just recently, I had to get involved with the FBI for somebody who had been involved with illegal pornography. And so what, what are the answers we're hearing from the big names for the mess we're in and the things we're going we're going through and the things we're seeing and recently there was a Christian news outlet who was banned from YouTube and I'm just going to read the uh, the article it says video giant YouTube completely deplatformed the pro-life news outlet LifeSite News they had over 300,000 subscribers. This is no longer a game of trying to play by the tech titans' arbitrary leftist virtue-signaling rules, LifeSide News said regarding YouTube's decision. We are in a war waged by left-wing liberals seeking to annihilate all conservative voices. So the answer they're giving us is we need to go fight liberals. We need to go fight people that don't agree with our beliefs. And as I'll get into in a minute, that misses the mark. There was a large internationally known ministry. You would know it uh, in, in a New York minute if I, if I gave their name. And they were blocked from Twitter recently and accused of hate speech and about transgender issues. And the president has an email list that he sends out. And I, I'm subscribed to that. And they have, I'm sure they have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of names and and he writes, what can we do about it being, being blocked from Twitter? So when I saw this, you know, he's getting ready to give us some red meat. I'm thinking he's going to give us some action steps we can do as a church to really dig in and to start making a difference. And here's what he wrote. He wrote, what can we do about it? For those of us who hold to positions that may now seem outside a conventional worldview, it seems circumstances are calling us to develop our own independent platforms. 
I would certainly encourage you to consider using sites that do not censor conservatives. You can ban, block, edit, censor, and delete all you want, but the gospel will never be stopped. So what is the sum, how do you summarize what he just said? Basically, oh, well, um, we've lost Twitter. We're just going to put the white flag up and retreat and just go to another social media outlet. And, and it's missing the point. And I'll get to why in just a moment. And another nationally known pastor just came out with a book called Crazy Happy that unlocks the happiness we long for in the most famous teachings of Jesus and the Apostle Paul. And um, if you're in a war zone, are you going to buy a book like that? Or do you want to buy a book that's going to equip you to be a fighter, that's going to equip you to make a difference? And so with these, these issues I just read with uh, the YouTube uh, deplatforming the one company, LifeSite, and the other big ministry being blocked by Twitter. What does God's word say? And we're given the perspective we need to have these days in Ephesians 6.12, where it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So what is missing from these Christian, I don't know if you want to say giants or leaders who are heading up these large ministries is we are a church at war and we have lost significant ground. And so when, when I hear of Twitter or somebody dumping a Christian ministry, what I think of is that Satan has taken a lot of ground in our country, he's taken a lot of ground in our media, and he's taken a lot of ground in the church. And we have to have clarity and an understanding that we are in a war and we're losing battles every single day, and we're throwing out white flag after another and watching the enemy just stampede and roll in right past us in the right this is why is this getting lost? Why are people so afraid to talk about spiritual warfare when, from the very beginning of Genesis, Genesis all the way through Revelation, you see it throughout the entire Bible and the de- devastating destruction that the enemy is wrecking on all of mankind. And so, I want to point out is there are two types of leaders. There are managers. And what a manager does is he wants to keep everything status quo. He wants to keep everybody happy, keep everything the same, keep everything running as it always has. So when a manager loses their Twitter account, what are they going to do? They're going to flip out because they lost their Twitter account. They're going to say, hey, you stole that from me. That's not right, which it's true. And, And then what are they left at, left with? like the one email I just read to you. Okay, we back off and we surrender. That's a manager. But a leader, what a leader does is he looks and says, we're at war and we've lost ground and I'm going to show you what we need to do to start taking back some of that territory and we're going to pull out the most powerful weapons we have and then we're going to move forward. That's the difference between a leader and a manager. And we've got too many managers who've got a status quo mindset today in the church. And 
I couldn't find a quote that gives a sense of where we are in from modern day Christians. <laughs> so I had to go back to nineteen thirty eight and finding this quote is from a guy named Vance Havner in a book he wrote. And he writes, We have sunk into a rut and a routine. There is no divine urgency, no sense of crisis, no staggering burden of the awfulness of our times and the poverty of our souls. If the emphasis had been placed on the crisis of a lost world and a powerless church and the need for fresh filling of the spirit, the real needs of every denomination will be met as a secondary byproduct. We are not burdened with the real needs. It is nothing to us. It would be better to cancel the church meetings while the preacher and the people got on their knees and prayed down a fresh Pentecost. If we stayed on our knees and confessed and prayed until we received fresh power from above, the next church service would be more powerful than a hundred others. And he nails it. We are, as he said, we become a powerless church, a saltless church that's getting wiped out in so many words. And the enemy is just stampeding and rolling over and we're not taking out, we're not taking up the weapons God has given us. And I want to read to you from Jonah 3. And as you know, Jonah, he, uh, God said, go to Nineveh, which was an evil and wicked city. And Jonah bailed and said, nope, forget it. Got on a boat going the opposite way. There was a big storm uh, and a huge storm and getting ready to destroy the ship. Jonah ended up getting tossed overboard. A big giant fish grabs Jonah and and then pukes him out on the land three days later. So <laughs> when Jonah is coming up off the beach, the the acid and, the, and whatever the fish was in the stomach, it probably bleached his hair and he probably looked like a crazy guy and it's stomach i mean his his um, clothes looked awful and then we pick it up in jonah 3 then the word of the lord came to jonah the second time saying arise go to nineveh that great city and call out against it the message that i tell you so jonah arose and went to nineveh according to the word of the lord now nineveh was an exceedingly great city three days journey in breadth and jo Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. And he called out, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Can you imagine if Jonah came today and he was doing something like that? I mean, half our churches right away would be horrified because there's no positive, encouraging, seeker-friendly message in that. It's just like, you got forty days and or you're, you're going to get wasted. And he's, he's not holding back. And the people of Nineveh believed God, and they called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. And the word reached the king of Nineveh, and he rose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through, throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast nor herd nor flock taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Fervent prayer. 
Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent, turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. And when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. I want you to think about this for a second. There are no churches in this city. There are no pastors. There are no sermons. There are no worship bands. There are no conferences. There are no YouTube channels. This is basically as close as you can get to a godless city as you can get. And yet, all they did was cry out to God, prayer, and putting the sackcloth on, that is representative of being broken over their sin. Two things, being broken over their sin, confessing their sins, and crying out to God, as God's word says, mightily, with fervency and passion. So if you want, if we want a spiritual awakening, if we want revival, here are the simple steps. One, shut down the worship band in your Sunday services. We do this, do this for the next 90 days. One, shut down the worship band. Uh, Nineveh had a revival and they didn't have that. There are no platforms or stages in the early churches. It's just people meeting together and going after God. Two, shut down or greatly limit the pulpit time, meaning maybe a 10-minute message or a 15-minute message and that's it. And then the third step, spend the rest of your time on your Sunday meetings breaking up into groups of two or three, sharing with each other, confessing your sins, praying for each other, and then spend the rest of the time as a body crying out to God mightily as we just saw for him to move powerfully in our country, everywhere, in our governments, in our churches, in our pastors, in our leadership. That's the simple path to revival. We have messed this up so badly, we've gotten lost. We are the church of war, and we're losing a ton of ground, and we've lost urgency, and we've lost our way. When you tell me we, we need to go out and fight liberals is the answer, you, can, you, can, you might as well just you know, put the white flag off right there because you're not fighting the right way. You're fighting against the enemy who's influencing those people. That is not going to work. It's gotten us nowhere. We've got to put everyone on our knees every single Sunday. We've got to get everyone opening up and getting out of their isolated comfort bubble and sharing with everybody. We need to break down the isolation in the church. That's what's going to spark revival, not sermons about it and not doctrine and theology, but actually doing what it shows in God's Word. And so I get a lot into a lot of this in my book, Thoreau Christian. Uh, there's a lot in there about equipping you to have a passionate relationship with the Lord. There's a lot in there about um, how to have a prayer life, a powerful prayer life, and moving into an intimate relationship with God and going out all him, out on him, not on him, going out all out for him and seeking him and um, breaking the bondage. Uh, certain sins and the lies of the whole and and then and there's a chapter on what I call the rogue church and the rogue church is simply a biblical church that follows the example we're given in the book of Acts of a church that's devoted to prayer and fellowship 
and the apostles teaching apostles i i emphasize meaning it doesn't doesn't the teaching does not rely on one pastor it's meant to rely on a group we don't put our churches in the hands of one man i mean when that if something happens to that one man the church is traumatized and there are no stages as i mentioned before so we need to move our church meetings from the stage to the body and that's where the power will come, or the spiritual blessings will come, where that's where group prayer, that's the only place it's going to happen, not, not watching a worship band. So the challenge is to start rethinking the way we do church and to look at what God has shown us in his word and then take those action steps and set everything else aside if we're serious about a spiritual awakening if we want things to turn around. But if you go out and start fighting against liberals and screaming from the skies how wrong they are and and all the other things, we're just going to keep losing more ground and we're going to keep losing our country. So here, here's the thing, what I want to offer to each one of you listening. We will send you a free copy of The Rogue Christian, no strings attached. At the end of the show... They will give you the our contact information. You can either send an email to say, hey, I want a free copy of Rogue. Heard it, on, heard it on your radio show. Give us your address, and we'll send it out. No questions asked. And the reason I'm doing this is that we have to get this message out. This is not about money for me, not in the least. We have to get this message out, and we've, we're hearing and seeing that when people get this book, and they start putting the the action steps, the biblical action steps um, into their lives and in their church's lives, then that's when the change starts happening, the growth starts happening, and making our churches houses of prayer is so critical right now. So that's all in the book. And so I want to encourage you to call us or email us, and we'll send you a free copy. If you want if you want more than one free copy, we'll send you one. If you more, if you want five free copies, we'll send you five free copies. I had one person who I sent her one free copy, and then she said, "This is great. I agree with every word." Then I sent her five more. She took them to their pastor, and then after that, uh, from the way she described it, she said, "For the first time ever, their pastor spent time in prayer on a Sunday morning service. People, that is powerful." So this is not about me. This is not about me trying to you know, make a name for myself. This is because, as Vance Havner said, said, there must be a sense of urgency right now, and we've lost that. We must have fervent prayer, and we've lost that. So give us a call, and, and we'll send you a copy of the book. If you want to help us set up uh, a Rogue Christian Conference, let us know. We just had the first one in Missouri, and we're looking at uh, doing conferences in other states as well. And this is really a time that we have to up our game as a church. We cannot just sit by and keep getting our butts kicked, which is exactly what's happening right now. We have to understand the spiritual battle, how intense it is, and we have to fight this God's way, not man's way, not with a 12-step program, nothing like that. So... Let us hear from you, and thank you for joining us. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. 
please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.